God bless you. What an amazing day we are having here in the studio. I have Dr. Daryl Rogers. If you do not know this man of God, your friendship list needs to add him. Amen. Such a pleasure to be able to have you in the studio again, Dr. Rogers. Um, just such a great source of wisdom. I I have the benefit of being able to glean from you uh, anytime I want, pretty much. And you, you know, the scripture says iron sharpens iron. I love it because every time we minister, there's always something that that God will put inside of us that just helps one another. And you constantly uh, are just such a great source of, source of encouragement and strength to me. And I, I truly just want to say thank you to, that, uh, to you for that because, um, you know, as a young pastor, it's important to have people around you that have walked this path longer. You've been in the ministry since 1980. And so, man, I just, you want to have people in your life that have good history with God. And so I thank God that I have you with me. That well, and you'll slap me in the head if I ever well, get out of line. I need know, that too. Let me just say this though, is that you're way beyond your years in ministry because God has really graced you and blessed you. And you have a maturity about you in the area of ministry that's a lot older than your years now. And you know, I. I recognize the anointing in your life. And I know that when you preach the word under the anointing, that you're actually speaking the heart of God. You're prophesying. You're speaking God's words to people. Now, they may not know that. Some people, some do. But the thing of it is, is that we, we have to value this gift that God has placed you in our presence we have to be able to draw on that anointing that is on your life in the position that God has placed you in. Mm. You're humbling me. I, um, you know, I, I just think that when we do what we're called to do, God gets the glory. Amen. Uh, then we get the fun. Right. <laughs> yeah, we get the fun of being being in the positions that we are. You know, as we were sharing earlier, you know, as uh, pastors and ministers, you know, you got front row seats into seeing how far God will go to minister and to touch people's lives. And um, I, I, I know there's been times where God has sent me places that it, it, only God, it, it definitely wasn't in me. I mean, I've been in Russian prisons. I've been in African mental wards. Um, so is that because you had a mental problem? Or? Oh, no. Well, some people think it's because I was vacationing. <laughs> but it's like, it's amazing though where God will send you to show people, I know where you're at. Amen. I love you. Amen. You know, and, and such an honor to be called into the ministry and to be able to do what we do as shepherds over the flock of God. And, uh, and I think that it's important for people to have a better understanding of the gifts that God has placed within. Because anybody that is faithful to the house of worship that God has appointed them to be at, whether in the U.S. or in another country, every one of them should have a pastor. Amen. Someone that is a voice into their life. You know, as we were preparing for uh, this episode, I was thinking of Second Chronicles twenty twenty, where the Lord said, Believe in the Lord your God, you'll be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Amen. I've learned that my prosperity is in the mouth of the people that God's anointed to speak into my life. There are things that you've taught me that have helped make me a better leader, you know, a better husband, a, a better pastor. And, uh, and I value the things that come out of you. And there's others, you know, like Dr. Seville, you know, our spiritual father, 
you know, I, I truly value the things that come out of them. And I think it's so important for people to step into a position where they understand the value of the gift that God has placed in your life. Last episode, we were talking about how, you know, the fivefold ministry, you know, they're a gift from God that we have to receive. And, uh, you know, as we step into today, in today's uh, teaching, you know, I, I just really want us to gain a better understanding of what what is that minister there to do to help us and so we know what to expect, man. They're there to present us with something, but there's something that they're doing to put themselves in a position to be able to do that. That's true. And you were sharing in uh, Titus um, some things. Uh, man, I'd love for you to bring that up because I was enjoying it during the break. But, man, I think it'd be great for the people to hear it today. Well, this is Titus 1.8, and this is out of the message translation. And so, obviously, it's going to say something a little different. It's important that a church leader responsible for the affairs in God's house, be looked up to. Not pushy, not short-tempered, and also not a drunk. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> not a bully, not money-hungry. And I, it's sad to say, that, Pastor Josh, that we have seen people in ministry that... All of the above? All of the above. <laughs> You know, and so, you know, obviously we're not connected to the word, so come on doing that. Said it says, and it says, he must welcome people, be helpful, wise, fair, reverent, have a good grip on himself, and have a good grip on the message, mm. knowing how to use the truth to either, this is good, spur people on and and knowledge or stop them in their tracks if they oppose it which wow. is opposing the word mm. so it talks about our character but it also talks about our responsibility and so the thing of it is is that you have to stay submitted to God in order to fulfill that mandate yeah because you cannot do that on your own you cannot do that with some charismatic gifting because you've got a great personality you're going to have to really be submitted to the lord yeah and that's the thing that i really appreciate about you man is that i know that you spend your time hearing god we're all conversationalists yeah we and we talk. we can talk god's ear off but it's you know we've heard this so many times it one word from god can change your destiny mm. and so we have to be better listeners than we are talkers. Communication is supposed to be two-way. Mm -hmm. and, and we need to hear from God in order to do what God has called us to do in every situation that deals with people's lives. Man, I, I got to hear the voice of God. I got to know what to do. Oh. Because otherwise, I'm going to just revert to what I know how to do. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that's unfulfilling. Mm -hmm. When I'm doing what God tells me to do, I'm not even looking at the manifestation nearly as much as my act of obedience to just do exactly what he said to do. He's responsible for the manifestation. Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for the obedience part. Yeah. And so the man of God, which you represent to, to me mm -hmm. and to the church, has to be loved and has to be respected because if you believe that that man or that woman is anointed of God, 
then their voice is actually the voice of God imparting into our lives. So we treat that not like words. We don't treat that like a personality. We treat that as if Jesus Christ himself, who is the living word, is imparting into our lives. Amen. So that's how you honor that ministry. That's how you honor that pastor is when you take the words that come out of that man's anointed mouth and you take it as if the Father is talking to you. Yeah. And as a pastor... That's why it's so vital that we develop an ear oh, yeah. to hear the voice of God because uh, God's not going to place you with somebody that says God said and everything that they tell you God said never happens. That's right. You know, there should be a performance of those things that they minister, um, whether it's from the pulpit or whether it's in private settings. Um, you know, uh, Titus 1.3, you know, the word preached will manifest. Right. And it's the things that you and I speak, they should manifest because ultimately... When we carry the word of God in us, you know, we got this treasure in this earthen vessel. The words that we speak, it's us repeating what we've already heard. And I think that in situations, you know, especially when life happens, and, and this is why I've, I've made it my, it's intentional to make sure that I have throne time. Time that I'm spending in the presence of Almighty God because there are people that desperately need a word from heaven and there's times where God wants to use you to be able to, to speak something into the midst of a situation. that Sometimes it's chaotic. But if you can identify the word of the Lord and, and release it into that situation, isn't it amazing how everything changes because a word from God showed up at the right time, at the right place, amen, and it brings peace. Well, an example, and I, I won't refer to the time frame, but here just not too long ago, we were in a situation in a hospital, mm -hmm. and you heard the voice of the Lord, and you came in, and you said something that was that probably a lot of Christians would have taken that as a very hard word mm -hmm. that you said, but it stopped the grieving process, and then the peace came yeah. to the family. And that's what a word from the Lord will do. That's what a true word from yeah. the Lord Amen. will do. That's not a manufactured word. That's not walking around with some title as a prophet or somebody mm -hmm. that we're going around just saying words. That's a hearing the voice of God and delivering the word that brings a change instantly mm -hmm. into an arena that's full of turmoil and hurt and pain. Amen. So I, you know, I, I really appreciated that about you. I, I do. I, I honor that in you because I know that when I hear you say things like that, I, I may not have said that, mm -hmm. but I heard you say that and it changed the atmosphere, man, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. people knew right away that they weren't to carry on any further, that that, that right there that was dealt with. Yeah. Oh, it, it, you know, and it's, it's a responsibility. It is. And um, it's something as a pastor I don't take lightly uh, as a minister. Um, and, you know, I, I think that if we can, I always pray for the Lord to give me a full ear. I want an ear that's trained to know the voice of God. And, and the only way that you're going to come to that place, especially as a pastor, is if you're spending time in the presence of the Lord. That's right. You know, um, I heard uh, Dr. Creflo Dollar this morning as he was ministering on his program. He said, 
To spend time, he said, in the house of the Lord is not spending time in church. He said, it's spending time in the presence of God. Right. That's the house of the Lord. And you can tell when people have had throne time. Yeah. Because you are always instant. You know the voice of God to where there's times where I know you've been in situations where all hell is breaking loose. In the midst of the chaos and all the noise, God will drop something into your heart and you know it came from the throne. That's true. And, uh, and it, you know, and we joke, I joke about this, you know, maybe too often, but we really are delivery boys. That's you true. know, our responsibility is to hear from God and to take what he says and to give it to the people. And their responsibility is to what? What do they do with that word? They're supposed to draw on it and they're supposed to live it out. They're supposed to educate themselves in the word that you minister so that they can grab hold of the nugget that you're actually delivering to them that they're only hearing with a natural ear mm. because they have to hear with their spirit. Now, you know as well as I do that there's a difference, but like, like in John 6, 63, where it says the part B, it says, the words Jesus saying this, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit. Mm, come on. And they are life. Well, the, the Greek for the word words is rhema. Mm. So when Jesus is speaking, it's not lo logos or lo logos. Yeah. It's rhema. Mm. Rhema penetrates. Logos is more of a mental ascent to the educational perspective. Mm -hmm. And I'm not against the educational part. Yeah, we all need it. But I know that you have to meditate on the Word of God. Cause isn't it interesting, Joshua 1.8, when it says that, when you meditate in the Word of God day and night, mm -hmm. that it changes the way you look. It changes what you see. Because it says that you begin to observe, to do according to all that is written mm -hmm. therein, and then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Mm -hmm. So the idea of it is, is you take the word, and you get into it, and you meditate on that. You, you, mm -hmm. you play with that word, you know, until it becomes alive in you. Now, you know as well as I do that all the years that we've been in ministry and the be, being taught, that we take these messages that we've probably heard a hundred times or a five hundred times mm -hmm. or a thousand times and then one day something <laughs> jumps out of that message and it penetrates and it forever changes your life so there's nothing new under the sun so mm -hmm. i can't come up with something new that nobody's ever heard yeah. you can't either mm -hmm. because we're all mimicking jesus mm -hmm. right that we're the followers of christ yeah so whatever he got as revelation from god He's trying to deliver that to us, and then we, in turn, get it, own it, and then we deliver it to other people that they have a responsibility to get it and to own it. Me and my wife, were, we were just talking about this um, yesterday, and we were talking about how you cannot live in another man's revelation. No, you can't. Um, and I think that when it comes to people and their appreciation of the gift of their pastor, or the ministers that God's placed in their lives, I think that it's when you come with a hunger and an expectation, if you truly understand this is a mouthpiece from God, and that if there's anybody in the world that, that's anointed to speak into your life, it is definitely those ones that God has placed before you to feed you. Um, and, and I always tell people this, that um, my preaching gets better to them 
when they hear better, <laughs> when they pursue the word better, when they when they get into the when they when they go after what we've taught, Amen. They, there's a value that rises on what we share with them, and I think sometimes there's a danger in when there's a lack of appreciation. It's kind of like a new car thing. Right. You get a new pastor. It's like, oh, that's my pastor. And, oh, man, you know, he's the greatest guy in the world, you know. So you're in love with the personality, but not so much in love with the anointing. And that's the thing that you got to be yeah. careful of because mm -hmm. you don't exalt the human part of it. Right. You exalt the anointing that is upon that person's life. That's what you connect to. Right, because it's life-changing. Yeah. But what happens when... Um, when the value of that that gift of the minister, what happens when that value slips? What are some of the things that you've learned that have caused people to lose value and appreciation for, for you as a minister, as a pastor? When they're not growing spiritually, they begin to sit and criticize. Mm. They begin to find fault. That's what keeps them stimulated, is that they sit in church and then they find reasons to not be in that church because all of a sudden... And who brings the vision? It's not the, It's not God. That's right. So it's the enemy that brings the vision to, into the body of Christ to get people that are not feeding on the Word of God to be critic, critics yeah. of the body of Christ. And so the thing of it is, is that I always, you know, I tell the people, you know, matter of fact, I was just thinking about this yesterday. It was really interesting. I was thinking about all of the dedication. If you and I were professional athletes and we were tennis players or golfers or whatever, yeah. we would work on our craft because we knew that our future was based on the input that we put into the practice. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing? We're practicing the anointing mm -hmm. when we're studying to show ourselves approved. It's mm, good. And so if we're going to be good at this, we've got to put in the work. Mm -hmm. We've got to put in the diligence. We've got to put in the commitment in order to get that word of God to be first place in our life, which is the requirement to enter into the kingdom of God, yeah. into the kingdom principles. And it has to be first place. It has to be first place. So what are we willing to do to put it first place? It's not just saying it's first place. It's not just going to church to say it's first place. It's connecting to that relationship like you talked about earlier where that one-on-one -on -one time with the Heavenly Father is a personal growth thing that you're entering into because you're learning how to hear at a higher level. Yeah, well, and that and I think that it causes you to receive from your ministers sure. uh, easier when you've spent time receiving from the Father because we're going to be bringing a confirming word. Sure. And uh, I, I think that what happens sometimes is that people just back off their own uh, their own pursuit of, of knowledge and understanding. I mean, thank God for what, you know, my pastor does, you know, when he ministers to me sure. at conferences and at Bible, uh, church settings. But I can't live on being fed mm -hmm. once or twice a week. I have to be feeding my spirit daily. And I think what happens sometimes is that you have people that, just be very blunt, just get very lazy uh, when it comes to pursuing the Word of God, reading it daily, studying themselves, you know, and they expect you to give them some meal that's going to take care of them all week long. And that's not our responsibility. Not. We're, we're there to add to what they've already been doing. But I think that when people, when they're relying on your devotion, 
your time with God to help carry them. I, Jesse Duplantis said this, and, and, and I think it fits right here. He says, you can only fly so high on borrowed wings. That's true. Now, you think about this, too. That if you and I were as unprepared as the people are to receive the anointed word, and so we don't prepare ourselves, that means that they're going to get fed some ridiculous word because they're not reading the material, they're not reading the Bible, they're not praying, mm -hmm. they're not seeking God. Well, if we did that, what good are we? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, matter of fact, in you know teaching in the Bible college, you know, you have assignments. And so I always ask people, I said, how many of you have read the subject manual? It's amazing. Few people read the material. They're, They're depending on me to teach the material, but few people read the material. And so you're just thinking, if you think that you're being prepared by not being prepared, mm -hmm. you're kidding yourself. Yeah. 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 So you're missing the whole point of your endeavor. Your endeavor has to be feeding on the Word of God. It has to be diligence. It has to be you making choices to put things in the right order in order to do what, what God wants to give you. And, and you know, and I think and that's where it's a value system. Yeah, it is. Because um, when you truly value the Word of God and your time with God, that's when church is a joy. That's when receiving from your minister, your pastor, is a joy. That's where that great appreciation comes is when you value what's coming out of their their mouths because you know that that word is it's mm -hmm. changing your lives. And I think what happens sometimes is that we allow the value that we place upon people to dip to where, and you can tell when it, when it, when it comes because, you know, uh, as a pastor, you know, things change, you know, you start off, you know, you, you become a spiritual father and then, you know, you're being called, you know, pastor, you know, they go from calling you dad to pastor to by your first name to you. And, uh, you know, you see a thing, you think you see things dip. And like you said, people can become critical. And what I've had to learn is that I've had to keep my pastor, again, not exalting the man, but exalting what is in that man for me. That's a gift. Yeah, I've had to keep him in a place to where, you know, Dr. Seville, I, I cherish him. He's, he, he, I have to keep him in an uncommon place because I, I never want him to be something different or somebody else than my prophet. He is my right. man of God. And, and I've learned that if I can value him and not allow him to become common in my life, then the words that he ministers will always be precious to me. That's right. And as a pastor and as a minister, I mean, can you tell when people are pulling on what's in you and when they're well, not? I, I was just thinking about this before you said that. But you now you think about this. We've, we've ministered overseas, right? Yeah. So you have a sense of expectancy when you're ministering overseas. People are so hungry for the Word of God that they're drawing on just the idea of you being there. It's true. And so what it does is it causes you to minister at a higher level because of the pull of the people. So when people come to, to the church, to West Coast, if they come in with an expectancy to receive, all of a sudden you step up other levels in the anointing because God begins to just funnel stuff through you that is more meat Mm. than milk because God is saying the people are hungry mm. and they need to be fed and so he pushes that stuff through the man or woman of God that is obedient to his call and I'm telling you that if I go to, to church mm -hmm. 
I go with the sense of expectancy. Me too. And I'm the preacher. Yeah, me, me too. <laughs> you know, me too. I'm just thinking, Lord, I got, I'm moving out of this deal because I want you to be seen. I want you to be heard. I, this is not about me. This is not about even some of the things that you say. It's embarrassing, man. When you say that stuff, I don't, I, I don't even like that stuff, man. Because the truth of the matter is, if it wasn't for the anointing of God, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, if it wasn't for the Word, if it wasn't for the, the length of time that I've been able to study the Word, I don't know anything. Yeah. You know? It's I true. mean, you've made comments to me about how do you remember all that stuff? I don't know. I just do. Yeah. You know? You're, it's, a, you're a Bible encyclopedia. Uh, you know, and, and the thing is that, like what you were just sharing, you know, the thought that came to mind is, is, is this, is that, you know, if the people are going to live at a higher level, then they have to feed at a higher level. We know that. Huh? Yeah. And it, and it's interesting how God will just cause, like you said, if, if you want your pastor to, to minister stronger and greater, I'm telling you, you put a value on what's you inside do. of him. Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And during this month of pastor appreciation, I'm telling you, value your pastors, especially during not this just this month, but throughout the year. They're a gift from God given to you to help build you so that you can fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. Amen. And our prayer is that these this time that we've had that it's been a blessing to you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being our guest today. We'll see you in the, again in the future.